Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Ever since I began this podcast, I've been wondering how I was going to do Psalm 119, the longest chapter in all of Scripture. Now, I think the way we'll go through this, because there's not a lot of confusing things in this passage. There's not a lot of things that you need background to necessarily be able to understand, especially because we have no idea who wrote it, so the contextual details, like recognizing his enemies, we don't know who those are. So we can't really do anything other than to recognize that we also have enemies today. This psalm is going to be primarily about the law of God and how the psalmist wants to keep the law of God, wants to treat the law of God as good and holy and and helpful for his life, but also recognizes that he doesn't keep it perfectly. However, this word law in Hebrew can also be translated Torah. Literally in Hebrew, it is Torah, and that is a possible reference to the first five books of the Bible that got used that way sometimes, but the other way to translate it in English would be as instruction. In other words, the law of God is not just his Ten Commandments, but it's the fullness of his revelation. So for the Christian reading this today, to talk about God's law here, to talk about his instruction, is to talk about both the law and the gospel, to recognize the value of this plan of salvation being made known to us. And so you can kind of consider that in some of these spots as we think about how, yes, we meditate on God's word always. We're supposed to. We'll come back to that idea. And how valuable and how wonderful this word of God is to us. So hear that word of God's law in this text as God's word, perhaps on a more basic understanding level. Now, why is Psalm 119 so long? The answer to that, in part at least, is because it's an acrostic poem. If you're not really familiar with an acrostic poem, let me give you an example. If you wanted to set out to write an English acrostic poem, you would write a first line of your poem that starts with a word that begins with the letter A. The second line would have a word beginning with B, the third line a word beginning with C, the fourth line beginning with D, all the way through the English alphabet. You would end up with a 26-verse poem. That would be an acrostic poem. I suppose it doesn't have to use the full alphabet if you wanted to be shorter. But in this case, with this particular poem, hymn of Scripture, Not only does each letter get one verse, they get eight, and they get eight in a row. So verses one through eight all begin with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Verses nine through 16 all begin with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and so forth, all the way through all 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. I'll say the letters along with you as we go so that you get at least a concept of what the the letter sounds like. I should also note this is not the only acrostic poem in Scripture. Psalms 9 and 10 together have an 
acrostic poem in them. Psalm 25, 34, 37, 111, 112, 119, 145. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31, that text about a, a wonderful wife. Nahum chapter 1, verses 2 through 8 is a partial one. And then Lamentations does a lot of this. Chapter 1 is a full acrostic poem of all 22 verses. So is chapter 2 and so is chapter 4. And in between there, chapter 3, each letter gets three verses, and it's 66 verses long. So there are several acrostic poems in addition to this one. My plan is to read the text in its entirety first, and then maybe just little snippets on each letter as we break it down. Again, there's not a lot to unpack necessarily and contextually. I'll try to give you a question for your kids with each of the, the letters as well, and try not to spend maybe more than a minute or so on each. So this will be about a double-length episode compared to what we normally have. That's okay. We had Psalm 117 a couple days ago, and that one ended up on the shorter side, being the shortest chapter in Scripture. So here we go. We begin Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of Yahweh. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous rules, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it, according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you, let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Yahweh. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight, they are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust, give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Yahweh. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Yahweh, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. 
Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things, and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Yahweh, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place. For I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Yahweh. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Yahweh and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precepts. Yahweh is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight I rise to praise you, because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Yahweh, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Yahweh, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good, Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear with me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling, like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding, that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you, shall see me and rejoice, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Yahweh, that your rules are righteous, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. 
and they persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love give me life, that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Yahweh, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie and wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law! It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Yahweh, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Yahweh, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield, I hope, in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live, and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe, and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servant a pledge of good. Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love, and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding, that I may know your testimonies. It is time for Yahweh to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful, and therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression, that I may keep your precepts.
Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Yahweh, and right are your rules. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried, and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever, and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. With my whole heart I cry, Answer me, O Yahweh. I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Yahweh, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law, but you are near, O Yahweh, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Yahweh, give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at the faithless with disgust, because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause. But my heart stands in all of your words. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Yahweh, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Yahweh. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Yahweh and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. This is the word of the Lord. So our first section is the Hebrew letter Aleph. It's very much like a letter A in English, although sometimes silent entirely, and it is the first eight verses of this psalm. The goal of this section is that God's word, God's law, both and, are holy, they are good, and blessed are those who are in God's word. God is going to care for them as his people. 
I think verse 5 is an excellent prayer for the Christian. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes, that God would help us to be faithful. Now, honestly, this whole thing, all 176 verses, is a prayer. A long one, but a good prayer. Now, the question to talk about with your children, is it good to keep God's laws? And you can look at the Ten Commandments in particular and see what would the world be like if people were breaking these versus if they were keeping them. God's law is good. It's our sin, it's our rebellion that's the trouble, not God's word. The second section is the Hebrew letter baith. It's very much like our English letter B, although it can soften and sound a little bit more like our letter V. And that's going to be verses 9 through 16. The question that I would have you ask your kids is to talk about verse 9, as it has a question mark. How can a young man keep his way pure? How? Well, the rest of verse 9, by guarding it according to your word. We have to be in God's word. And that's the challenge that we face. We feel too busy to be in God's word. And that's the demons of Satan fighting against us and our own sinful nature, the old Adam that wants to die. We must fight back. Let us enjoy God's word. Let us store them up in our heart. Verse 11, Colossians 3.16 fits that. As Paul writes, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Verse 16, I will not forget your word. Rebukes us pretty strongly, doesn't it? Because we forget his word, we neglect his word. It's a challenge. May the Lord strengthen us. Section 3, verses 17 through 24, is the Hebrew letter Gimel, the third letter of the alphabet. It sounds a lot like our letter G. And in this section, the psalmist wants to see the wondrous things of God, which is good. And God has certainly done those in every age, his various miracles as he provides for his people. He also reflects on being a sojourner on the earth. For family conversation, what does that mean? A sojourner is a foreigner, somebody who does not belong to that place. And this is what we are. We are but sojourners and exiles here. America is not our home, or whatever nation it is that you find yourself living in. Christ is our home, and we look forward to returning to be with him forever. So the rest of this section is going to go back and forth between the enemy who doesn't keep his commands and yet how this psalmist seeks to keep God's command anyway, and that he lets them counsel him. That is, he looks to God's word for advice rather than the words of enemies. Section 4, the fourth letter, would be Dalit, which sounds a lot like our letter D. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Great family conversation. How does God use his word to give us life? We talk about the sacraments, we talk about baptism and the Spirit creating faith in us and the Lord's Supper, where Christ gives us his very own body and blood, forgiving us, strengthening us, encouraging us. The hearing of the word as it's proclaimed to us, we use it to build each other up, which is Colossians 3 again, and so forth. And this section is asking God to encourage us using his word, because we do, we've, we've have got sorrows in this life, and we struggle, we fall away, but may the Lord uphold us. This fifth section, the letter Hey, which is like our letter H, look at these words, teach me, give me understanding, lead me, incline my heart, turn my eyes, confirm to your servant. See the pattern? 
uh, begging the Lord consistently here to uphold us with his word. Confirm to your servant your promise. So ask your children, what has he promised? Always a good family conversation in that. For our sixth letter, wow or vav, depending on how you want to pronounce those, I think 1 Peter chapter 3.15 sums this up very nicely, the idea that we would always be ready to give the reason for the hope that was, is within us. Because this section's about hope and sharing that hope. So Yahweh, fill me with that hope, your salvation according to your promise, so I have an answer for him who taunts me. My hope is in your rules. I shall walk in a wide place, maybe a reference to the promised land, maybe a reference to paradise someday. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, as the Apostle Paul even does before Caesar. So a lot of hope in this and being ready to speak God's word to others. And then verse 48 would be the question for the kids, as he says that he loves God's commandments. Do we love God's commandments? Oftentimes we do, but I think sometimes we see them as an enemy as well, and and they're not. The law is not bad. It's our sin that's bad, our sinful nature. But the law is God's good and perfect will for his people. The seventh letter, Zion, which sounds a lot like our letter Z, is going to have a, a lot to do with being in God's word rather than being like the enemies who are opposed to it. So he's going to pray that God remembers him, comforts him in his affliction, but he recognizes there are those who deride him for being faithful to God. And then he admits how he gets angry about those who don't keep God's word. But your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. So again, not his home. He's not home here on earth. Our family conversation here, do you have any of God's word memorized in songs? Since he's saying he sings of God's word. It's a great way to memorize scripture, and there are certainly many, many opportunities out there. The eighth letter is a guttural letter. It means it comes from deep down in the throat. Het is the letter. Uh, similar to H, but harder. And then what we have in this section is that he is going to trust in, in the Lord and that the Lord then will bring him to repent, verse 59, to turn his feet. Even though enemies ensnare him, he will seek to be faithful to God. And he will praise him even in the night. A couple of nice things there. Um, verse 62, if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're waking up in the middle of the night, try this. Praise God. Spend that time praying or reading scripture. It's okay to fall asleep reading the Bible. It really is. And then verse 61 here, maybe a family conversation about what enemies you have. Which, as Christians, again, we would highlight sin, death, and the devil, all of which Christ has defeated already for us. Letter 9, very much like the English letter T, Tet, is the section 65 to 72 about the idea that God's word is good, that the Lord is good. And so even though there are enemies attacking him, the psalmist sees it as good that he's suffered. Because in his suffering, he's learned about God's statutes. He's learned more about God. And this would be the, the passage in First Peter, really the whole book, about how our sufferings point us to Christ and his sufferings. That as Christians, we don't avoid suffering because in our suffering, we learn about Christ and how he suffered for us. So you can talk about, does the psalmist believe suffering is good or bad? 
we believe it's good or bad. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, also helpful there, teaching us that suffering produces character, produces endurance, produces hope. Then verse 72, money perishes, so God's word is better than that, for sure. The tenth letter is the smallest of the Hebrew alphabet, letter Yod, like our English letter Y, although it's often translated in English Old Testament as a J. Here, verses 73 to 80, we start with the idea that God made us. And that's a good family conversation as well. Who made you? How were you made? And talk about how God created, also how he made each of us. Fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in our mother's womb. There's a community here. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice. So the the whole body of Christ rejoices together. And really, we're strengthened and encouraging one another. And affliction does that too, as we uphold each other and carry each other's burdens. So the prayer here continues that God would uphold this psalmist in his word and allow those, verse 79, who fear God to turn to the psalmist so that he can speak of God's word to them too and encourage them in their faith. Letter 11, calf, sounds a lot like our K, 81 to 88 here, very much about suffering again and praying to the Lord to deliver from that suffering. Talk to your kids about the question marks that are in this section. Verse 82 is, when will you comfort me? 84, how long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? He comforts us in Christ. We already have that. But all the more on the last day when he raises us from death and there is no more sin or suffering or hunger or pain or any of that sort of thing. Your servant, how long must he endure? When will you judge the persecutor? Revelation 6 fits this as the martyrs under the throne cry out to God how long until he avenges them. So we endure until Christ calls us home. And that can be by death, but it can also be by his second coming. And certainly pray for that. Indeed. In your steadfast love, give me life. That, for this purpose, I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Very much Philippians 1.21, Paul saying that to live is Christ. In other words, as we each day we have a gift from God, we use it to serve him. Lamed, the twelfth letter, 89 to 96 here, our letter L, it is going to start with a very strong verse. Forever, O Yahweh, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Ask your kids, why is it a good thing that God's word is fixed? It means established, permanent, not changing. What makes it good is just that, that it's not changing. God has made you great promises forgiveness, life, and salvation, and because his word is fixed and unchanging, you can count on those promises. So this section focuses largely on God's faithfulness and how even when he's in trouble, enemies trying to destroy him, he seeks God's command. The 13th letter, Mem, which is like our M, 97 to 104, a lot of understanding in this one, that we would meditate all the day on God's word because it makes us wiser than our enemies. A connection of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, certainly, that God has chosen the the foolish of the world in order to shame the wise, and the same with the weak over the strong, and so forth. That God is going to make us wise unto salvation in Christ, 
whereas the world around us that pridefully thinks that they know all things, they're on the path to destruction. Verse 103, God's word is sweeter than honey to my mouth. Challenge the kids, which is better? God's word or dessert? Now, in my house, we do God's word together. We read it and then we have dessert. (laughs) But that's... Uh, something to remember is that God's word is better than anything this this world has to offer. Letter 14, noon, which is like our letter N, has perhaps the most famed verse in all of this chapter, which is the first. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Ask your kids, what does this verse mean? It really is the third use of the law, the idea that God's word would be a guide for us, That is, that he would show us the way he wants us to live, as his people, as his church, as his bride. And this is good. So knowing God's word, as the last chunk of the psalm was just about, gives us the understanding to live in a way that is faithful and good. To our neighbor also, not just for ourselves. And so as he suffers in this world from various enemies and afflictions, and as he feels near death even, verse 109, he continues to trust God's word. And all of this. And so the Lord is upholding him. The 15th letter, Psalmic, verses 113 to 120, definitely contrasts those who don't keep God's word, the evil ones, and those who do. And he prays that the Lord would not let him be put to shame in his hope. What is our hope is the family conversation here. And that's, again, the forgiveness, life, and salvation. Christ has promised us that we get to live with him forevermore. To be put to shame, though, is when the thing you hoped for proves to be empty. So you hoped and you hoped for this earthly goal, and then it doesn't come. And you're crushed, and the people around you make fun of you for, for failing. That's happened to all of us at some point or another. But our Christian hope is a certain hope, and it will not be put to shame. So that's the prayer from the psalmist here. He also recognizes in Psalm uh, verse 119 that the wicked are discarded like dross. That would be a reference to being both in death and in hell. Ion, letter 16, numbers 121 to 128, similar to our, again, Aleph, the first letter, letter A, but mostly silent. And the vowels that get paired with it end up making the sounds instead of the consonant here. Anyway, um, this section deals a lot with the idea of uh, praying that the Lord would uphold him, keeping him in steadfast love, and also recognizing that sin has happened. The law is broken, and so God will act. That's verse 126, and so we can ask our kids, because God is going to act against sin, what will he do? And this is both a conversation of the cross and forgiveness, but also a conversation of judgment, as there are those who reject God's word entirely, and he will judge them for their sins. The 17th letter, pay, which can make a P or a PH sound, really about God's word being the rock of our life, even though that word's not going to show up in the section, but keep me steady, kind of in 133 there. Or, I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. That's Deuteronomy 8 and Matthew 4, where Jesus says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. His testimony is wonderful. God's word, what he says, and how he's revealed to us his salvation. 
so he upholds us, and this is good. It ends with streams of tears over those who have rejected God's law. That could be a family conversation today as well. Do you know people who don't love Jesus? What's going to happen to them, and how does that make you feel? God is the rock is a good way to view the next section, sade, which makes a T-S kind of sound. If you have a word that ends in T-S, that kind of a noise. It's the 18th letter in the Hebrew alphabet, numbers 137 to 144. A very good verse here, 140, your promise is well tried, and your servant loves it. So no matter how much he's afflicted, no matter how much he suffers, no matter how much the enemies gather against him, God has remained faithful. His promise has been tried again and again and again, and he keeps it. Your righteousness is righteous forever. The family conversation here, does God's way ever change? And the answer to that is no. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. This is most certainly true and good for each of us. The 19th letter, Kof, which is going to sound a lot like our K again, just like Kaf did earlier, 145 to 152, is a lot about prayer. As we see him routinely here crying out to God for help. Why do we pray would be a family conversation. And there's multiple answers to that. One, God commands it. So the Lord, he commands, he also invites us to pray. He hears us. He answers us. All of these things uh, as we seek to be part of God's family. As we, well, we are part of God's family. Prayer is part of how he works in order to strengthen that faith in us as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts. I rise before dawn and cry for help. That reminded me of Pliny the Younger in the Roman Empire reporting about the early Christians, that they would wake up before dawn, before it was yet light, and they would sing a hymn together to Jesus as though to a god. It's a great hostile text that shares things about the Christian faith to help us understand what Christianity was like in that first century. Letter 20 is Raish. It's going to sound like the English letter R. And this section, the psalmist is pleading for God to save him again, and then recognizing the difference between those who are wicked and then himself who's seeking to keep God's word. Great is your mercy, O Yahweh. What is mercy? Family conversation point. This is God not giving us what we deserve. I am wicked. I have sinned against the Lord. I have not kept his precepts perfectly. I deserve what the enemy gets, and yet the Lord does not give me that. Because his word is truth, he has steadfast love for me, and he endures forever. Letter 21 is a bit of a twofer. Uh, sin and shin depends on where you put a dot at the top of that letter in Hebrew, if it makes an S sound or SH sound. Regardless, verses 161 to 168, primarily about the idea that he's going to praise God. Rejoicing in God in verse 162, praying to him seven times a day, praising him seven times a day in verse 164. Because he hopes in God, he hopes in his salvation. Verse 168, he keeps God's precepts and testimonies because God knows all of his ways. We cannot hide anything from God, and that would be the family conversation question. Can we hide anything from God? The answer to that is no. He knows all things. He is omniscient, all-knowing. And this brings us to the final letter, number 22 in the Hebrew alphabet, Tau, which is again like the English letter T. 
which a section about prayer and praise, as he pleads to God to hear him, to deliver him, to save him, and also recognizes that he will spend his days praising the Lord, for the Lord is good. Verse 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Does the psalmist think he keeps God's law perfectly? That's the question for the kids here, because in reflection, many of the things he's said throughout make it sound like he does. At least he thinks he does, but he doesn't. He recognizes he doesn't. To keep them is not a 100% test score on everything you do, but it is to guard them, to treasure them, to observe them. And so he is seeking to keep them in that way. And maybe he does them pretty well. I don't know, but he knows, he recognizes, he also fails like a lost sheep. And so he prays that the Lord would seek him. And that would be the good shepherd of John chapter 10, Jesus Christ, who has come and who has called his sheep by name. And they've listened. Thanks be to God for saving each and every one of us in his church. Amen. Praise me.